The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to Sex Lives, the New York Magazine sex podcast. I'm David Wallace-Wells and with me today for the last time is New York Magazine sex columnist Maureen O'Connor. Not because Maureen is leaving, thankfully, but because I am. Maureen, hello and I guess goodbye also. Hello, David. You should tell everyone where you're going and what's happening. Well, I'm sticking around New York Magazine. I'm still, I'll still be there working as an editor, and I'm going to be editing Maureen when she writes for the magazine. But um, I'm backing off of the podcast and handing the keys of the car to Maureen, who will be driving it brilliantly, wildly, recklessly. Um, <laughs> and you guys will see what that'll be in the next couple of months. I think they've got some experiments in store. They're going to be pretty awesome. Maureen is smiling, but <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> she forgot that it was an audio. Uh, experience. But for now, Maureen, why don't you tell us what you've got planned for my final episode? Well, David, as a woman who dates prolifically, I think it's been like pretty clear in this podcast that the thing I am most fascinated by and curious about is your marriage. And I know I'm not the only person curious about this. Here's a voicemail that we got a couple weeks ago. Hi, I've been listening to Sex Lives for a little while now. And one thing I'd noticed is that David never talks about his own sex life and never shares anything vulnerable or personal about himself beyond the fact that he's married his first and it's perfect and they share everything and blah, blah, blah. And I don't really buy it. Uh, We know a lot about Maureen and her insecurities and her experiences and her partners and a lot of the guests too, but David doesn't share anything about himself. And I think it would make... David more relatable as a person and more interesting if we knew some of the like nitty gritty about his sex life with his wife or, you know, his insecurities or his fantasies or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'd like to hear him talk about it. Thanks. I think she's wrong. I don't actually. In my defense, I feel like the thing about the perfect marriage has been in the voice of Maureen. Yeah. Way more than in my own voice. <laughs> no, it's true. That's not you. That's absolutely me being like, tell me about bliss, David. What is wedded bliss? So this week, I want to discuss your marriage and sort of just the concept of coupling in general. And for that task, we are joined in studio by the wife you met at age 19, Risa Needleman, the co-owner and co-founder of Invisible Exports, a gallery in the Lower East Side. Hi, Risa. Hi. I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> me too. I fear you're going to be very disappointed. No, absolutely not. And we're also joined by the only other person as curious about your marriage as I am, (laughs) Allison P. Davis. Hello. Staff writer for The Ringer and former Sex Lives co-host. Welcome back. back. I'm so happy to be here. It's really great to have the gang back together again. I know. I'm getting all, like, misty-eyed. It's so nice. I'm regretting leaving. (laughs) I know. This is going to be such a, like, nostalgia episode for Uh, anyone who's been listening from the beginning. Is anyone? My mom? No. (laughs) (laughs) She still doesn't know I do this. I guess I'm curious, you two, did you expect to be with one person as long as you were and are? I may have even said this on the podcast before, but when Risa and I started dating when we were like 19, whenever we got into like a big fight, we were like having like a bad time. I actually never really thought that we were going to break up. I just thought to myself like, well, my life is going to be miserable with this person (laughs) like for the rest of my life. I don't I think in general, we're both sort in addition to being like totally in love and obsessed with each other we're also like temperamentally monogamous people yeah like both of our parents are still married Reese's parents got together even younger than she and i did they got together when they were 16 15 16. Reese's mom has been on one date with someone other than Reese's dad her entire (laughs) life and Reese's dad followed them on the date (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, to the restaurant and stood outside staring at them. No. And I was like, Mom, how did that not freak you out? She was like, I don't know. I thought it was romantic. And it's I was that, like, mm. that fine line between romance <laughs> yeah. and creepiness. Yeah. But to be fair, my dad is like super adorable. So I don't know. What, what do you think? I think one of the reasons why our relationship works so well or, you know, we obviously have this ups and downs just like everybody else and we fight and blah, blah, blah. I mean. I'm a Sicilian Jew. Like, you can put it together. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've got some fire. I've got some fire. But I think whether or not it's our temperament or the age that we got together, I never really thought about so far into the future. It's not like we've ever been on a date. We've actually never had a conversation about being monogamous. It's like when we started dating, it's not like he was like, Let's be exclusive. Like, we literally never had that conversation. It just happened. It just, like, kept happening. And then it just kept on continuing. And then it just kept continuing. And I think, you know, we were 19. We were, like, having a blast. Nobody gives a shit about the future when you're 19. We were having fun more than we would have, like, little fights like any normal couple or normal even friendship. And it just, like, kept going, continued on like that. And I mean... He's hilarious, he's interesting, he's hot, and he's obsessed with me. I'm not, like, that complicated. (laughs) You know what I mean? You never got any, like, FOMO about being single or dating? No. Yeah, you should I'm dating him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because sometimes I feel like people talking about, like, internet dating, I'm like, huh, that's so fascinating, so interesting, but that makes me feel old because I was like, oh, God, that's, like, so far... I feel like so far too old, like that I that was like something I missed so completely, although I'm not. I'm like actually that exact same age of people yeah. who are. But we, of, we often, it's like one of our great prejudices, like it's like super obnoxious to say, but we often talk oh about God, how. Oh God, don't say it if it's going to be obnoxious. <laughs> no, say it. Say it. Say it. We're, we often talk about like how we don't understand how anybody could get together like at our age now. Okay. In a permanent way. Because <laughs> Wait, like not giving any of us hope. <laughs> no. like, I don't need hope when on we, this. I'm fine. When Keep we got, going. When we got together when we were we were like so cornerly like studying abroad, but then like Ugh. when we, like and then later. Wait, tell the yeah, story. You, so you're studying oh, abroad. Where horrible. are you studying abroad? Paris. Please. Oh, Paris. It's terrible. Nobody then, wants to hear this. This what is happened? bullshit. Please say it. <laughs> so we were both studying abroad in Paris and we had mutual friends just from growing up in New York and They were like, hey, you know my friend Dave, remember him? He's in Paris, too. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then someone said the same thing to him. And we were hanging out. And then one day, I cut class, and you, like, didn't have class. And we, like, were playing hooky that day, and we just got, like, trashed. We drank these, like, liters of tequila-flavored beer. Like, multiple liters each. It was so good. drink in Paris. No, actually. No, no, no. It was, like, a French beer called Desperados. Desperados. It's still actually. It's delicious. Yeah. It's tequila-flavored beer, so there's not actually tequila in it, I think. so unpleasant sounding. It does sound unpleasant, but it was actually super delicious. At least at the time to a 19-year-old who was, like, like you were drinking, like, SoCo, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm going to step up. Yeah. You, it's impossible to find. So it's like the French interpretation of what it is to drink in like... Like tequiza. Oh, yeah. okay. Now that but you say that. Gross. It's tequiza. I enjoy tequiza. So <laughs> yeah. I think I'd be down for Desperado. It's yeah. a tequiza. Besides the point, you guys were drunk. So we got <laughs> trash. We were outside doing something probably embarrassing and pretentious as like 19-year-olds in Paris. And then we just started making out. And then we went back to my hotel, made out some more, made out all night. And then that was basically it. And you've been making out ever, ever since. since. <laughs> and I think I lived in an apartment with one of my friends from college in the 5th, which was like an awesome neighborhood to live in. It was like jam-packed and smack in the middle of everything. And Dave lived outside in like the dorms. So I feel like it didn't hurt that like he wanted to hang out, like that he was like crashing at my apartment already. 
He had really, al- it was a really nice. Apartment. He had already <laughs> been crashing in my apartment all the time before we started making out because uh-huh. it was like easier to get around, and so it was just like there you go. And oh my so, god! So you cohabitated simultaneously. Yeah, to the he beginning. Well, exactly. I mean, at first he was sleeping in the living room, but once we started making out, he was like sleeping in my room, and then we went to college sort of close by. My sister went to college with Dave, although she's two years older. I had like a lot of friends who were at Dave's college, and so I would drive back and forth or Dave would come visit me at college. So we were it was actually pretty easy to visit each other for the next two years after we came back from our year abroad. And then after that, I was like, I'm moving to Brazil. You want to come? And he was like, yeah. Huh. And then at right. that point, it's like you're not going to move to Brazil and live in separate apartments. Like right. that seems like a waste of money. Wait, is that while you're still in college <laughs> in or that was after? After, right after, after, right after. after. Right after. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, right after we moved to Rio. We both were like, we're not going to get two separate apartments. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so we moved right in together and that was kind of that. And that's like sort of what I was saying before is like the fact that we had our formative like romantic experience when we were so young seems really important to us because we had so much time. Oh, my God. You were so lazy. And so much, like, didn't like, do anything. freedom of mind that like. Like when you ask, like, you know, do you have FOMO about missing out on dating or did you ever expect that you were going to be together forever? We didn't get together at an age when we were like worried about coupling yeah. permanently. Yeah. So we, didn't we, were, think about it ever. we were able to I like didn't. actually just in like a genuine, completely uncomplicated way fall in love. And I think if people I know now who are, you know, single and tr- like want to get together and have fun, like it's like every time they're on a date, they're like worrying about if this person is right for them and that like to me seems so complicating and it would interfere with like the actual romance of getting together with somebody well there's something fun about it too and sort of like Alice, you're making a face but i told you i was going to be obnoxious about it this is like the, my most obnoxious i know feeling I came back from ignore, him. Oh, God. Ignore, <laughs> him. ignore him ignore him no i mean out of my day I think, to get insulted <laughs> i feel like just i think the the real essence of it is that it was like you were 19 and you kind of didn't give a shit about anything and, and if all, we wanted to like run away for a week somewhere yeah. like well, we were just like cutting some college classes or whatever like, it cares? wasn't like there wasn't any job to worry about. There yeah. wasn't any, like, it was so casual. And all these decisions, like, moving in together was, like, not thought out. Like, it wasn't a big deal. It was not thought out. We just did it because of circumstances, and it just, like, ended up working out. And then we ended up getting married. It was, like, just as improvised. It was, like, the date that we, like, started celebrate, celebrating. That's so corny. The date we used <laughs> started, to count the years. To count the years <laughs> was not actually the first time we made out, but the second time, which was, like, maybe a week or two later yeah. when... We went to Spain together, and the fact that we made out again was, like, confirmation that it was, like, a thing rather than just, like, a one-time thing. Also, it was an easy date to remember. It was November 1st. Eight years and 355 days later, we were talking about, like, you know, if we ever, like, we ever get married, it would be annoying to have to, like, remember another date to it's hard remember. En- it's hard enough to remember the first one. So then you're like, let's do it tomorrow. <laughs> well, Risa was like, we should do it next year on November 1st. Or I said, like, if we ever get married, we should do it on November 1st so we don't have to worry about that. And Risa was like, let's do it next year. And I was like, well, that's 10 years. That's really corny. Why don't we do it tomorrow? No, and then I was like, all right, we'll do it in two years. And you were like, that's too long. Yeah. You're like, let's just do it tomorrow. And I was like, all right. Like, <laughs> we like. What? Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. So I have to say, it's amazing. I think he was in the shower and I was like sitting on the floor of the bathroom. (laughs) Which is why, as you can see, the engagement ring I gave Risa is a clear plastic. Hey, I want to look at this. (laughs) 
Oh my god, it's one of those ones that's the shape of a diamond. Yeah. It's like a, the plexiglass cut in the shape of a diamond. And by the way, I'm trying to, I don't want to put it on. Okay. No. I just did. By the way, they weird. Break, didn't even think twice, actually. <laughs> no, put it on. They break all the time. I have like a bucket of them. They're so like, you got a replacement each time. Oh, yeah. I think it's like $7.99. They're less than that. Do you like, buy it for yourself at this point, or does he always go and buy it? I buy them for myself. <laughs> I like, want to hate you guys, but I can't. This no, is so adorable. You can. You no. Can. But here's the thing is that I think there obviously is something also of you guys just being constitutionally pleasant people and like go with the flow type people because I know plenty of people who got together with somebody at age 19 and then at some other point in after however many years in their 20s later that they suddenly get like the itch of like wait a minute wait a minute I want to fuck someone else or like wait a minute now that I've thought about it I feel like maybe I want my life to go a different way you know and you strike me as people that are just naturally like happy with your environment and chill with your environment hence like you both we're born in Manhattan and live in right. Manhattan, and I'm still that, in Manhattan Is that comfortable forever. or is that provinciality? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would say about the, like, getting the itch thing, it's like, I really, really don't ever think about having sex with other people. I very occasionally will think about my past, like, oh, I should have, like, made out with that girl rather than, like, not made out with that <laughs> so girl. So we're talking about when you're, like, 18. <laughs> right? yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I didn't, like, or I'd be like, I, I didn't realize when I was a teenager that, like, any time I was hanging out one-on-one with a girl, it meant she wanted to make out with me. I didn't realize yeah. that, like, now I would know that that was the case. But <laughs> then I was like, assumption. Yeah, I'm just I don't know. It out there. Oh, it's Dave. Please. Dave's like, come on. What does that mean? This is fun. Now we have, like, Risa to confirm things about Dave. This is great. I know. This is what I've been waiting for ever since, like, day one with Allison. (laughs) That was the first time, I think, our very first podcast when David was like, I don't understand how anyone can ever find love if they don't find it at 19. And Allison (laughs) and I were like, holy shit. So do you guys think you'll ever, like, get the itch to be one of those couples on Thrinder or what's it called now? What's Thrinder? Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, yes. from square one. To have a threesome, you mean? Yeah, or just like, <laughs> that was the millennial way of asking, I suppose. Or just like, I don't know, experiment with polyamory. Or like, doesn't that ha- like people who are together for so long and have such a fa- solid foundation feel like they can explore all the different avenues? I mean, I guess if I felt like I wanted to do that, I would feel like my relationship with Risa would allow me to do that safely. But I don't. Has it ever come up? No. I don't think so. Yeah. So it's interesting because the way you also describe, I mean, love is sort of defined by each other. Like to have been 19, that I imagine to some degree your adult sex life is sort of defined with one another. That when I imagine, say, feeling like, oh, my God, what am I missing out on? I mean, it's not that you don't know what you're missing out on. But just you're not used to thinking about other things. And the, I don't know. I don't know if I have a good metaphor you're for trying this. trying to like plant a seed of... Uh... No. <laughs> no, just that like, I mean, like relationships... It's just like... false consciousness that's keeping you together more in... <laughs> No. <laughs> no, I think that is really beautiful and lovely. But like it's like defined with one another, which is I think over the course of like the year that I've been sitting here listening to you talk about romance and sex. And I'm like, oh, I think it's just fundamentally different than it is the way like someone like me thinks of all relationships. Yeah. And it is true that say like, you know, when you're older, say I'm 31. So I already have like my sort of adult self to some degree and it'll change and I'll grow up to some, you know, things will change. But um, I'm looking for someone who fits the life I already created for myself, whereas you guys found each other and then created your adult lives together. But that's really just, like, so one way to do it. I think there's something fun about, like, meeting somebody who's, like, super different from you and you guys, like, your lives sort of, like, crash together in some, like, 
Ugh, that requires so much compromise. Okay, you know, I'm just for the for whatever it's worth, just because I don't want all listeners to be like, no, 19 is the only way. No, it's, <laughs> it's really fun to crash into people. Yeah. Even putting aside like the relationship part of it, I think it like it seems really appealing to just take pretty dramatic like right turns. Yeah, in your life yeah. And, like, like exciting. And there's something so stabilizing about being in a, like a real, at least like a real good long term relationship that it sort of makes some of those changes yeah. harder to make. Like you know, people do change over the course of their lives naturally, but they also can make decisions to change who they are and what their lives are like. And probably that kind of dramatic change is never going to happen to either of us just because we're both so – we have like such a resolved, stable setup with each other. Well, I think that the other thing is that everybody has like different aspects of their lives that some are – you know, some parts of your life are stable, whatever that is. Yeah. Some parts of your life are sort of up in the air. Some parts of your life you're kind of like running after. And I feel like with us – it just so happens that, like, the relationship part of our lives is stable, which actually allows for the other parts of the lives to be un- unstable in a way. It's like we can take risks in, like, the other parts of our lives and sort of take right turns in that part of your life because you feel like, all right, like, I got that other part. But I think for everybody, you have that one thing that, you know, or you're striving for that one thing that's stable. And the other thing, that thing allows you to take risks in the other ways. It doesn't have to be a relationship. Right. You know what I mean? It's like... Whether or not you are really close to your family, like your family supports you or like you really love your job. Like there are all these people who are out there who fucking hate their jobs and their careers and who like dream nine to five about like changing that. Right. You know what I mean? If that's the thing that in your life is amazing and stable and you like really feel certain that like you'd made the right decision, you can then all those other things you can be like, I could take a risk. I'm not going to settle for this guy or like. I'm not going to settle for this city or I'm like not going to settle for that because you have this one thing in your life that is like a foundation. And I think for everybody, it's different. And I think one way is not better than the other. You know what I mean? It just so happens who you are, who you are, who you are. It's like there's one thing that allows is like sort of like the foundation from which you build like the rest of your life. Hopefully, 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 (laughs) hopefully. hopefully. That's like the optimistic way about it. Allison, is this making you feel like you wish you met someone would you have wanted to meet somebody no, you'd be with for the rest of your life at age 19 i like look like these two seem like they've always been yeah. somewhat like a constant personality i am like <laughs> such a different person from when i was 19 like i don't want to call myself a basket case but, <laughs> but that's like the only word that comes to mind so no i don't think i would want to be with the person that 19 year old allison actually I, I've since seen that person and God know what I want to be with that human being. <laughs> so like I'm excited to think that like, okay, now that I've like gotten some stuff out of my system, like the latter the back end of my life will be for discovering exciting people. But like Yeah, I feel like everybody gets better with age. Yeah. I mean like one thing that we had fun with or had was that we kind of changed together. Risa also thinks that she has molded me. I have. Oh, I yeah. mean, let's talk about the man bun thing. Dude, like, I yes. put in yeah. all this time. <laughs> I mean. So, all right. Real quick. One of, of the many fascinations of the David and Risa relationship was the day that David told us that you guys have the same hairdo. And yeah. we're sitting here in the studio. You both have your hair in top knot buns. I'm conflicted about it. And Dave said that he's like, Risa does my hair every morning. I do. Love so I you, do. you style him the same as you. Well, it's not that I style him the same as me, that's an unfortunate coincidence. <laughs> uh-huh. And one of the joys of it is that he doesn't notice when I put in, like, pink bobby pins. <laughs> but 
we all do. No, of course. Yeah, that's the best part like, about it. So, <laughs> so good. The origin of it is that when we lived in Brazil, there were these like super foxy boys who would play uh-huh. this thing called Fuchi Ball. Was that called? Fuchi Volley. No, sorry. Fuchi Volley on the beach. It's like soccer volleyball. It's like volleyball, but you can't use your hands. And they always had their hair up, but they, they were hot, right? Uh-huh. And so ever since then, I was like, Dave, you should do your hair like those boys on the beach. And I have wanted it forever. And then one day I was like, you're doing this. And it, the problem is... You it stopped took, asking. And just, yeah. Just did it. And the problem is it took so long that I kind of think it like... And Dave complains about this all the time, that it kind of feel like it actually happened... The age of the man bun. Yeah, it was like an unfortunate coincidence. Well, now I'm like, now I'm out of date. But it's like, I put in all this time. My hair is like past my nipples. I'm not going to like. Is it really? It is. Is it awkward to ask you to take it down? Take it down. I want to see. I don't know if that's like a radio experience. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just being selfish, listeners. I don't care that you can't see But I'm conflicted about it. It didn't really occur to me that I wear my hair in a bun every day, even though like I obviously do. (laughs) Until like. People comment on it all the time. We were like yeah. walking across the Bowery the other day and someone was like matching man buns. And I was like, huh? What? Who? Me? Oh, shit. It's right. Is it, you know, what's <laughs> funny then. How do you have a man bun? Because you're a woman. But then is it because you're next to a man with a man like, bun and now your same. bun is now, a man now, bun? And now it's I guess bun. it's a man bun. You know? But now you're gender bending. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Why not? But then on him, I think it looks hot. I still do. He hates it. Do you really hate it? And what I I used to, I hated it at the beginning. I've grown so to am, like total ambivalence. Wait, you it. hated it in the beginning? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you still let her do it, and then you wore your hair. Because I remember, That's I think so you were the sweet. first man bun that I knew personally, other than like <laughs> random dudes at a bar. You right. know. Despite being like the host of a sex podcast, I don't love calling attention to myself, and I feel like the man bun is really like peacocking, swaggering <laughs> move. And then on top of it, like when I noticed all these other dudes were doing it. I didn't want to be associated with them because they were all such cheesy. If you didn't like the man bun, couldn't you just like take it out when you got to work? I mean, this reminds me of like when I was a kid and like my mom gave me eyeglasses and I would just rip them off the minute she wasn't looking. You to have my hair down? Yeah. Having my hair longer, like I will take my hair down just so you know, it would be ridiculous for me to wear it It'd be unpleasant. So the idea was that Risa didn't want you to cut your hair and then you had to do the man bun. Yeah. Well, no, I like the man bun yeah. in particular. Like, I've sort of grown to like the way it looks down. I think it's like sort of hilarious and hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm getting like, like, like a 70s, like a no, 70s center. Like, so this is so crazy to me because the degree of like in the most recent, however long you've been man bunning, that like the bun is like so synonymous with how I view you. Right. And it's like yeah. shocking me to the core to know that it was actually a Risa thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. He had no choice. <laughs> Where's he going to go? <laughs> Wait, it's coming down. I'm so- oh, my God. It's so long. Oh, <laughs> Can I take a picture of you? <laughs> Holy crap. So you guys you guys share a hairdo. You share a toothbrush. I know. People are so offended by that. I really like you guys, but that is just nasty. Wait, I'm but sorry. wait, can I, I I find this so perplexing. Yeah. His tongue is in my mouth all the time. What's the difference? Yeah, but like the mouth is like a self-cleaning <laughs> mechanism. Is that true? That's the, the opposite. Dog. That's the, the opposite. Dogs, right? I don't know. There's just something about a toothbrush sitting there holding like your own personal funk. Like that should just be kept oh, really? to you. So it's you when know? it's sitting outside the mouth that it bothers me. When it bothers me, although I mean, I'm kind of like, I use like whoever's toothbrush. Yeah. <laughs> I'm disgusted. My food? I don't The care. moment that the toothbrush is gross you're is actually clean. during it's the clean. brushing process because that's when you're like getting the junk, you know? It's like yeah. much more vigorous yeah. than the amount of stuff you exchange when you're just like kissing. Yeah, except for it's like you don't make a dude brush his teeth before you make out, right? I mean, it's like yeah. you can go out to dinner, he eats whatever the fuck he eats, and then he makes out with you before he brushes his teeth. It's almost like it's cleaner after. 
I don't know. It just doesn't bother me. I don't skeeve him, I guess. <laughs> you know? You also share your email addresses or your email passwords? Well, we don't share it. We don't have the same email. email. No, no. But I, I mean, I know Reese's Gmail password and she knows mine, but mostly I just read her work email because I'm super interested He's in interested. what's going on at the business. Didn't you say you get it in your phone? Yeah, I do have it on my just, phone. Yeah, just the work one. But it's like, it's funny, a couple times if I'm bored, like maybe I will like check his Gmail, but it's so boring. <laughs> I'm going to start writing you little messages. I know. You should. I would love that. <laughs> I'm going to email him in his Gmail more often so you can chime in, Risa. I would yeah. love to. Absolutely do it. Because I need you to spice it up. It's like a lot about <laughs> Michigan State basketball. Oh, that's a bummer. It's a lot about fantasy baseball with like one of his best friends. <laughs> mm. It's like, Ugh. and I'm like this, no, I'm not interested. You're really, you're just like painting you, me as such a bro. <laughs> yeah. My email is not that bro. I'm surprised. To that discover bro. that you're such like a bra. Those are the only two. Those are the only two things. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fantasy baseball and Michigan State basketball. And other than that, he's actually not broy or like sporty or like fratty at all. To be fair, what like what David else do you guys share? Here. And what would you never share? There's nothing I would never share. It's nice. We <laughs> share deodorant. Because it smells really good. I think. Boys, oh, is it men's or women's? Men's. Mm. I think men's deodorant smells way better. What also kind works do you use? Old Spice. Yeah. And I Which like, Old Spice? I change the flavors sometimes. I buy it. I'm like, I buy it at CVS. It's like mm. different flavor each time. Yeah. But I think it smells way better. Why did the dudes get better smelling? I don't get, like, like Old Spice. Aloe I don't need to cucumber sm- melon. I don't need to smell like, like a baby's ass. I don't need to smell like <laughs> what do you call that? Like talcum powder. Yeah. Also, I think theirs works better. I use it does work better. I sweat a lot. Yeah, me too. It keeps me from sweating. And so I like use his, and I'm not gonna buy two. Right. Risa wears a lot of my clothes. Yeah, I do. Well, that's reasonable. That's I yeah. think that like I also feel that there should be some like almost like prenup situation of like <laughs> if I'm with you for a certain amount of time, I'm allowed to steal X items of clothing right. from any man. Never give yeah. It back. Well, I always tell him if we get divorced, he can have the books and I get everything else. But I want to throw out all the books. I I once <laughs> wore a piece of Risa's clothing. Which was we were at a hotel going to dinner. It was like a beach hotel, <laughs> and they were like, "You can't wear shorts." Here. Oh my god, that was really. And weird. I didn't have any shorts, and Risa had these really stretchy harem pants. Oh god, <laughs> there were these like harem pants that I bought. I bought in India because it was like so hot. I didn't even realize like how hot it was. But like when you are going into like mosques, or whatever, you can't wear shorts. Right. And I sometimes bring them because they're like really good pajama pants. And he wore them, and it was the funniest thing. <laughs> was it a good look? No. Was this during the yeah. man bun phase? No, pre. Oh, that would have uh, been so yeah. good, man bun and it was, pants. And, but I was, I was surprised that they made you wear pants, and I thought it was hilarious that they thought those were acceptable. It made me look like Aladdin. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Dave once told me that you've been fantasizing, Risa, about after he dies, your fabulous oh, yeah. retiree life. Totally. Ooh, do tell. Ab fab. Yes. Caftans, yeah. right? Yeah. Caftans. Lots of bracelets. Love it. Going to go off with my friend Casey and just like live in an apartment together and just like go out all night. <laughs> Is your only vision of like the non-Dave life after he's dead? Yeah. <laughs> like can that happen while he's still alive? Sure. Risa still gives me shit for once having gone on a business trip without her. Without I was bringing like, her along. Yeah. But you I would... only traveled once without the other one. Oh, yeah, because no, she travels a lot without me. Yeah, I travel a lot without him. (laughs) But it's like I basically have like too much after Dave, of course. I love to travel. Uh And so it's like if he gets to go somewhere and see someplace new that I've never been, I'm like not having it. So is this the tale of 
your like total all-consuming marriage, or is this is a tell of how you just took over this man's life and Risa now has two lives. Right. She has two heads of hair to style. She has two sets of business yeah, trips to go on. No, I feel like it's coming off really bad, like that I just like dominate you. No, it's actually not it's true. Coming off I think our listeners are really gonna enjoy <laughs> this. So into this. But you know, to be honest, like Dave is the best husband ever. He's super funny. He's super interesting. Like, I love, he, like, wants to talk about everything and anything. He's, like, interested in everything. He's hot. It's like, he actually is, like, the best friend ever. Wait, now, Dave, you say nice things about Risa. I mean, (laughs) she's literally the greatest. She is, you you want me to, like, be... Well, I think everyone has heard her talking, and I think they know what's going on by now. She's super brash. I've always thought, like, her, her best quality I've always thought was her brashness, her, like, assertiveness. She's like got a super dirty mouth, which I like. (laughs) She's also like the most fiercely loyal person I've ever met. Like would kill anybody (laughs) for the slightest advantage to me, for instance. That's true. Yeah. That's like she's she has mafia in her family. Like her she is (laughs) cousins with the Bonanno crime family. Oh shit. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) I got chills, but that's so cool. I mean, he's awesome. It's like I make. I feel like a lot of it is like I have so much fun with him. I think that's what like has made it endure over fifteen years. Is that he's so fun. Like I want to be with him all the time. You know. So, Risa, I'm also curious that your art gallery represents Genesis Peoridge, yeah, the artist who famously. <laughs> I don't know. Can you even explain? Like that's this is the artist that describes the most intense version of yeah. I'm going to style everything for the ultimate one-person unit of a two-person relationship? Well, so Genesis Peorage is, is like a living legend. And mm-hmm. she, as an artist, a visual artist, a performance artist, was basically legendary before this project came about called Pandrogyny. Genesis and her now late wife, Lady J, started getting body modification behavioral therapy to become one person. So they're basically, they transcend gender. They're not male or female. They're both. Their project, Pandrogyny, is to become a single soul. Like Genesis always describes it. Have you ever loved somebody so much that you just want to consume them, like eat them and have them be inside you? Like in that way. That's what her project is about. And tragically, Genesis's wife passed away, but Genesis has continued the project as both of them. So she embodies both people. And just to be clear, Genesis was born a man. And lived as a man for a very long time. Like this only she, she it's like S slash H E. It's actually technically now supposed to be they S slash H E. So it's like both she and he together. Uh, but Jen yeah. met Jay when Jen was 50, um, probably made late 40s, yeah. early 50s. And now has like Jay's tits, like has and breast implants. Oh. To match exactly what Jay's breasts looked like. And yeah, tattoos of each other's beauty marks. Cheek implants. Was the initial goal to just be two of the same person or to merge into one? Both. Yeah. You know what I mean? But not to be a specific gender. It's like to actually be each other, to be one person, to like consume each other so much that you are the same person. And it's like, it's real. I mean, Genesis and Lady J really were... Like the ultimate love story. But Jay never got like a penis implant, right? No, but actually I was I was at Jen's apartment yesterday and Genesis was, we were laughing because Genesis was talking about how Jay really wanted a dick. And like that Jay would sometimes sit on Jen's lap and put Jen's dick through her <laughs> legs and was like, this Pretend. is amazing. I like want this. But she knows she never, and Jen never had her dick removed. They just right. both, yeah. they both have matching 
tits. Did that like, I don't know, spending time with them, I suppose. Did that affect the way you think about relationships at all? Yeah, well, Jen is incredible like being and it's really interesting to talk to her about like lots of things, not just that. But yeah, I mean, they do have an incredible commitment to each other. You know, Jen has continued this commitment. And it's amazing because you have somebody who was such an interesting creative voice who you would think of as being just like totally free, wild thinker. Also which, a dominant alpha male. Which Jen is. To be see so deeply, deeply in love that it's like amazing. You know? and, and choose to subsume her identity yeah. to her wife's. So Jen is famous as a visual artist going back decades. She's probably most famous as a musician. She was literally invented industrial music, which yeah. is like what Nine Inch Nails comes from. She was the head of two really important bands, one called Throb and Gristle and one called Psychic TV. And so she was like, and still does tour and like gets up in front of thousands of people and performs like this is hundreds not, of thousands. Yeah. This yeah. is not somebody who is like a nobody. Like she has, she had a really profound, large public persona before she met Jay. Yeah. And it's kind of amazing that she chose to, yeah, like I said, like subs- merge, but also like subsume her identity into Jay's. Jay was, I never knew her. Risa didn't either. But I mean, she was a performance artist. She was also a dominatrix, but she had She was no- also a nurse. She had yeah. nothing like the level of notoriety that Jen did. So you have this like very famous and in her world, extremely important and, and esteemed person who is engaging in a project that is like, I am no more important and don't even want to distinguish myself from this other person who none of you know about. Yeah. Which is like really a kind of incredibly romantic, powerful yeah. Um, yeah. thing. But I think it's crazy that you guys think of Jen like <laughs> with any like person <laughs> when you talk about me and Risa, like no. our lives are so... No, so no, no, bourgeois and normal. No, no, no. To I don't. Except for the Genesis to me. Genesis is like family to me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I think of her as like a part of me. She literally lives across the street. She lives across oh, the really? street from oh, me. She's gosh. like a part. She really is like a part of me. No, I think that is more that as we look at this, I don't know, giant scale of how intensely coupled any couple is. Yeah. It's but interesting think- to look at the, the probably the most extreme case in on the planet, totally. I mean, happens to be across the street from you. Yeah, I think, like, the interesting thing about Genesis is that when Genesis was starting out, she was part of something called Exploding Galaxy, which was, like, a sort of commune-type sort of arts collective. And one this of the, is like, in London in the early 60s. Yeah. The, one of the things that they talked about is that every, day, every single minute of your life you're challenging the expected or challenging the thing that like you've been sort of taught that you have to do like how come you put up people would stop you in this house that they were all living in how come you put on that shirt today how Mm -hmm. come you just said that why did you just think that just challenging every single thing that you do throughout your whole day so when you came out of it it just like broke your mind completely open to all the things that you were like ingrained with from society through your whole life including gender including like social norms including like that everything that makes you do the things that you do without even thinking about it, that you just sort of grew up being like, oh, this is something I do. That, that sounds so exhausting. And she, um, she, you know, she, we've seen her lecture, like Serpentine She's and Mama an awesome and stuff. And, but, and she, she really talks about the Pandrogeny Project in the terms of like liberating yourself from the tyranny of DNA. Yeah. Like, That's what, interesting. Like, um, why the tyranny of being... An individual, one person, right? Both. There's something that's yeah. sort of like, I didn't choose to be this person, but right. here I am. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. She's like a really amazing speaker. Totally amazing. Yeah. Dave's cried watching Jen speak. <laughs> wow. <perform>. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's it for Sex Lives this week and for me forever. Thanks so much to my incredible wife, Risa Needleman, and also my incredible former co-host, Allison Davis. Woo. I mean, you're all welcome back to come back as guests whenever you want. David's like, never. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could, you know, maybe. Um, a reminder that you can always reach our voicemail box at 646-494-3590. This week, call us to tell us if you have ever shared a toothbrush with somebody. What is the craziest, most intense thing you've shared For, or the thing that you refuse to Just share? one more thing about the toothbrush. <laughs> Do couples that go on vacation together really Bring take two, two toothbrushes? That is crazy to me. And by the way, it's not just you guys. Like, I've had friends who I've known forever who never knew this would come up are coming up to me now and be like, you don't really share a toothbrush. Come on, it's disgusting. Like, if I forget mine and I'm with someone on a trip, I'll use a washcloth. What? That doesn't okay, do anything. Say, I think you guys emboldened me because I've been dating someone and just straight up been using a toothbrush the whole time. And then yeah. at some point, he was like, so, finger brush? And I was like, you've been finger brushing? That's disgusting. Why are you not using my toothbrush? That's and I was really disgusting. incensed by that. And then he's like, do you want to leave a toothbrush here? And I was like, I'm good just using yours. Right, of so course. Look, look how bold I've become. Look, yes, you're already molding him. <laughs> I love it. Precisely. Exactly. I want to also remind everybody that if you like what you hear, please rate and review us on iTunes. Sex Lives is produced by Sam Dingman and edited by AC Valdez. I should also say thank you, Sam, for an awesome job. It's been a pleasure working with you and really lovely. I hope we do it again sometime in some form. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. I won't see you next week, but Maureen will. So thanks for listening, and thanks for everything, Maureen. Hi. Bye, Maureen. It's so sad. <laughs> <laughs>